And we're back for another episode of Midweek Matches. I'm Ant out in Brooklyn, and tonight I'm joined with Schweitz up in Toronto. How are you right. doing, Ant? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So we're gonna jump right in. It's been a it's been an interesting week. Obviously, with with Dan and Stu off, it makes for uh, for some interesting shows. I'm sure there's many of you out there that love them. It, um, it sounds like they're off for uh, for a while, another few weeks. Yeah, that's potentially. That's, um, I sort of like times when they're off because I appreciate how hard they work, especially Dan. Um, and you know, them getting an extended vacation, I think, is important because then you come back refreshed and you come back like you know, somewhat raring to go. I think certainly also being just with Metal Arc, I think it makes a difference because, you know, back at ESPN, at least early on, oftentimes ESPN was shoehorning, you know, the random two white guys who get to fill in for any radio show. And it's like, wait a second, that's not, no, that's not going to work. You need to bring like Foxworth in or, you know, Mina Kimes or even not even people who. Someone who gets the show. Definitely, definitely. It, it just makes all the difference. So, so I mean, as you say, they're off for a while. And I, 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 I tend to like it just because you get the, the Lauer style comedy uh, a little bit more just because they're fillers and it's the, the producers for the most part. They also knew this was happening. It's not like it's a one-off. This was planned so they could plan content for this and, and whatnot. So I, I don't mind it too much. It's a quiet time of the year. Uh, I'm yeah, interested definitely. to see who else they get. They've already had, you know, Amin in. Uh, he brought Beetle in. Zach Harper's been in. Samson was in earlier today. So interested to see. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, by the time this gets posted, it already have happened. But uh, we had a little thing that uh, Shutdown Fullcast had tweeted that they're going to be taking over a radio show type thing tomorrow, which is Thursday. And so I think we're going to get them for uh, – for a bunch of hours tomorrow and see uh, see how that works. So I think that should be good. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Like I said, I think, you know, Dan and Stu need to get time off. Um, hopefully Stu is not just, you know, free racing dead shows and, and, and going insane and coming back talking like some, like, I don't know who, you know, hopefully he's, he's gotten some time to rest a little bit. Um, and obviously, you know, Dan still being somewhat newly married, I'm sure his, I'm sure Valley is like, let's go away. Let's go do something. Let's go. I'm sure he's going to come back with, with stories of where they went here and there. I'm sure Dan's not just sitting in his, sitting on his couch watching, <laughs> you know, the new season of, of insert show here kind of thing. He might be, who knows? But, uh, speaking of Stu Gatz, if, if Stu Gatz came back with a raspier voice, would you assume he got shorter or taller? I think you would. I think I would have to say he got taller. I feel like if he got shorter, the voice would become deeper and sort of more like, like soulful. And I feel like you like stretch him out. Like what, what's that? I don't know the name of the toy, but it was like the old wrestling guys where you could stretch like, Armstrong. He stretched him out, and they would go for like. I mean, they wouldn't stretch anywhere near as long as they would on the commercials, but you could stretch him out. I feel like. I feel like if you uh you 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 know you gave Stu a nice long neck, you'd get a nice raspy, crackly voice extra out of him. More more room to smoke heaters in too. <laughs> yes, that is the case. So when 
given now that they, you know, what were your opinions of this week's shows? How do you feel Amin did? Do you think he's he he's been a good driver, or is he, uh, or does he need Mike Ryan and others around him to sort of hone him in or or sort of guide him? What do you think of that stuff? I think Amin is really good when he's in studio. I think he's good at other times, but especially like when he's in studio, when he can get the you know reactions in real time. Uh, especially live, so he's not just looking at the screen the whole time. He can get facial expressions and body language. Um, he does really well. He's He obviously uh, got Zach Harper in this week. He got Beetle in this week, who were both very good and fit the universe very well. So I, I really enjoy when, when Amin is in. He also has my sense of humor as far as uh, he can get pretty dark. He can get pretty vulgar. It's, it works for me. So I'm always happy with that. I would agree. I would agree. I felt like I felt like Amin really sort of has been shining with Dan's throughout. Um, he's sort of, you know, sometimes he likes to play the role of sort of being the side guy who throws in the joke or throws in the the vulgar comment or you know, um, throws something sort of in and and sees what happens and then sort of waits for 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 a response before he continues. And I feel like this week he's just done a really good job of sort of stepping up and taking lead and sort of owning parts of, of of episodes in the way he's sort of running thing. Obviously, I mean, I don't think he's doing it by happenstance. I think that was sort of probably what he was told to behind the scenes by Dan and Mike. And, I mean, I, th- I think he, I think he really understands the dynamic, especially with the amount of time he's been in studio now. So he knows how to do it better than a lot of the guests. Like Izzy's the other one that, you know, just because when Izzy's on, he's in studio. So he, he understands that dynamic. He knows the guys. Uh, where other guests don't usually have that kind of. Uh, yeah, I agree. I just felt like I, I want to give, I mean, sometimes I'm critical of Amin um, and some of the stuff that he does. So I wanted to definitely give him some props and say I was really, I mean, I like most of what Amin does. But like you said, when he's in studio and he's engaged and he's sort of in the mix of everything, I think he's got a really good voice. I like when he talks about stuff he knows about breakfast fun and basketball, et cetera. But I just thought he did really good this week. And I was, I, I was happy, you know, you never know how the shows are going to be. I mean, I, I know Dan and Stu took time off last summer, but when Dan took time off, Stu was there. And so I feel like this time it was a big deal to them both take off and a big deal to sort of give the reins to Amin, even though, like you said, he's been ready for this. He's got his own podcast. He knows the atmosphere. He knows what's working. And I feel like, also, the thing that I like about Amin now, I feel like he's really gotten to know Billy, Roy, even Jessica, Chris, Witty, but like he now really does a good job of playing off. I mean, last week they were talking about what was it when him and Jessica were doing like a little private show for a little bit of time where they were sort of going back and forth. And while that's very annoying to Dan, it's sort of an an intricate nature that you don't get to when you just have a random guest come in. Like, Correct. So I feel like he's done really good of of sort of understanding and, you know, not just the jokes and the way the jokes are told, but even all the personalities that are going on there. And, you know, I mean, good balance. Is, is there anyone that you want to see come in with Dan and Stu away? That's in the universe to sit in for an hour or so? I mean, look, you, you touched on us like a minute ago, Izzy. I, I, I mean, I know Izzy's still tied to ESPN. I just really love Izzy. I really love his sensibilities. I really love the way he talks about things. 
I mean, I've often said this on this podcast and others. The thing for me about Dan is the empathy he has broadly for what's going on. Um, and then in also in specific instances. Now, I know sometimes he, he goes overboard sometimes, but I also see Izzy in that similar way. He's very empathetic towards others. You know, he's very empathetic towards people's differences, what they're going through. And but he laughs and he has fun and he does all the other, you know, like, you know, even going back early in the summer when he's posting photos of of him and Cody on a boat. And of course, he's shirtless because, of course, he just lays into that, you know, that whole thing. And I don't know. So for me, Izzy is one that I would definitely love to see. I, I also think, I mean, you know, Izzy's another one who I think could play well off of me. Yeah, because they could talk basketball, but they could also talk other stuff. And so, so for me, that's someone I would love to see come in. But again, somewhat tied to ESPN still, so I don't think it's going to happen. What about you? I mean, out of out of who they have available, like obviously we'd love to see you know Sarah Spain and Mina and you know Dojo. Um, a lot of them can't come in because of their other commitments. I mean, it'd be nice to have Jamel come in for an hour or so. She tends to be a bit more serious, but she's a lot of fun when she's covering some of those topics, um, joking around a bit. She she works well with Amin. That's a good call. And, and I'll add to that, not to bring it back to what they were ever before, but I think you could totally put her and Michael Smith together and and not recreate the six, but have a good show that can laugh, can be funny can play with the shipping container and also still hit whatever serious stuff may be going on that needs, you know, a more of a, a serious side to it. So yeah, I good, good point, Jamel Hill. I hadn't thought about her. Um, I, mean, I mean, the other ones, like I'd, I'd love if, you know, Juju and Jeremy were on a little bit more, they give, give them a little bit more runway. Um, they don't have to host a whole hour. That's a lot, but uh, just, you know, we like, we like hearing them. Yeah, of course. Um, I personally would love to hear more Adnan. I know not he's not everyone's favorite, but uh, just the Canadian aspect of how he delivers things, uh, some of the references he makes. He talks a lot about some of the Canadian broadcasters and things like that that really hit close to home for me. So I really enjoy him too. And also what I think is good, like not being at ESPN, they have some ability to do some more free stuff. They have the ability to, to sort of try some stuff out. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Like, I think if you put like Amin, Beetle and Jamel together, I think you could have a lot of fun. I'll take more Zach Harper too. I, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of the, the comedy yep. people that he, he's surrounded by a lot. So I'll take that. You know, if he can bring any of those guys in, I'm happy with that. Bring Brad Williams in, you know, bring some of those cinephobe guests that have come on. I'm, yeah. I'm all for that. Not, you know, not long periods of time, but you know, if it's just going to be one show here or there, just keeps Billy on his toes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. So, so do we think Stu Gatz is taking the girls to school? Is that what? Uh, um, I mean, given the time of year, I would assume that's part of what Stu is doing. Um, I, I mean, as much as Stu makes fun and pretends he's lazy and everything, he seems to really be a caring father and really want to make sure beyond protecting his daughters from what he doesn't think they should be doing. He does seem to really care. So, you know, I'm sure Stu doesn't want that out, but especially when there's a lacrosse team involved. 
<laughs> yeah. So I would assume that part of why Stu is off is to go off to Northwestern and get him off to college and 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 what they have going on. I, I would think I would think definitely that's got to be part of it. You know, him and Abby go up. I think the one other, off. I think the other daughter's going to Syracuse. Did he I say? believe yes, yes. So you drop that's, one off. You drop. I mean, you know, that's, I, that's a that's a fun uh, what fifteen hour drive. That is a long drive. That's a long drive. Roy was talking about the first day of school, dropping off Princess Claire, how that went, uh, being two hours late for work, and some of that other stuff that that was going on. And so um, you've got two parents here, one with kids that are a little bit older, one with some young kids. And so um, I wanted to talk about that. I thought it was an interesting topic, um, the way they covered it, um, especially some of the ways that Mike was giving Roy a little crap about that. So... I want to throw out to you, Schweitz. I don't think you've done a first day of school drop-off yet. Is that correct? That is sort of correct. We have done a first day of preschool drop-off. Okay. So still similar in the in the sense of, um, you know, you're letting your kid go to a whole bunch of people you barely know in a you know, group setting and you don't know how they're going to react and uh, – I mean, for us, um, my son was about 18 months. So we, you know, put him in, he cries, we pick him up an hour later, and then you just slowly add time the first week, and then you send him in full time. And, but uh, my son's going into uh, junior kindergarten this year. So this is going to be our first year of, you know, public school drop off. My daughter is also going into her preschool. So I'm about to, have some free time, or at least a little bit more free time with both of my kids uh, being out of the house finally. So is that, just to jump back to your son, is that going to be full day junior kindergarten or yep. half day? or how to, Oh, full day. It's so. full day. So uh, yeah, I think 8.30 to 3.30. So, okay. Uh, luckily, it's right down the street. It's, it's uh, I'm not nervous about him going. There's just some of the, you know, it just, it's a big transition, obviously, and uh, working with him on transitions is interesting to say the least sometimes. So, yeah. and so what about where your daughter's going? Is she going to where your son had gone previously? So it's a place, you know, or is it nope, brand new? Nope. Brand, brand new place. The It's very hard to get daycare spots in Toronto. There's, you know, wait lists for a few years here. So you just sort of put your name on a list and Hope you get in one and hope you can get transferred closer to your house if you need to. But we like the facility that she'll be going to. It's not too far away. So, yeah, she's going to have a hard time because she just wants to be all day. But, oh, well, (laughs) it will be harder on my wife than it will be for me, but it will still be hard. So so let me let let me poke into that a little bit, because I felt like your wife works. I mean, she's. Well, she's a lawyer, and obviously that means there can be crazy hours or long hours or, or weird hours. But I would think someone, I would think it would be harder on the stay-at-home dad than necessarily would be for the working parent who may not necessarily be around the kid all day anyway, even if they're home with you versus she's at work or she's in the office. Or even if she's in her home office, she in theory is working and not necessarily parenting. So I'm intrigued to hear why you think it's going to be harder on her than on you. Or harder on her, anyway. Oh, uh, just emotionally, she'll she'll deal with it more. I probably need the break more than her. Okay. Um, 
I mean, a lot of my day is, is uh, making sure the kids aren't making noise if she's on a call or something like that is getting them out of the house or, or sort of working around her. So it won't be bad from that sense, but it, it just, uh, I've had some injuries. I physically need to rest a little bit, can do some chores that I couldn't do before. It's, it's really hard to clean the house when you have small children who are afraid of vacuums and things like that, or your spouse is working, you can't really leave them to go do a bunch of yard work. So I'm just sort of excited to sort of get into a routine, get some stuff done, go back to the gym, I hope. So. And so I'm going to continue down this path and, and, and give you a, a question. Do you think school initially is harder on the parents or harder on the children as far as the transitions and the separation goes? Oh, uh, initially for my daughter, it will be harder on her for like that first little bit. Um, just because of what her personality is. I think she'll really like it. Just she'll like the activity. She'll like all the people. Once she gets used to it, it's going to take her some time. It will be, I, I will be able to, you know, it'll be like a Michael Bay movie. I can set her down. She'll start crying. I'll walk out the door and like, I'll think about <laughs> it. But like, but like I'll, I will be able to do that. My wife will not. As she glares at me. Um, oh, that. That's awesome, and and as someone asked, well, because my because my thought my thought it, like they have my phone number, they will call me if she if she hasn't stopped crying in twenty minutes, they're gonna call me. I'm not I'm not leaving the property. I'll stay right nearby if they need me. She'll calm down. It's it's the fact that I'm there that she she wants me. If once I'm not there, she'll panic a little bit, but then she'll just move on. Very good, very Does, good. I, I I believe I believe your wife uh, runs a a daycare and and <laughs> understands that concept. Yes. Just to be clear, because she heard that was said, she would be very annoyed. She runs her preschool, um, a preschool versus a daycare. Not that there's anything wrong with daycares, but she definitely does run a school. Now, it's called Jacare, which is the verb to play in Italian. And everything they do at the school is based on play. They don't sit down and learn X. My, my apologies, Mrs. No, no, no. Mrs. Ant. That's okay. I, I use the term interchangeably. Yes. And, and, and lots of people do. And... I, I know you didn't mean it offensively. I just wanted to clarify it because I know if my wife heard. No, me, never mind. Said, I meant it offensively. You <laughs> tell her. Okay. I, I'll make sure I'll replay this clip for her and let her know. Um, yes. And it always is interesting because there definitely are kids. Like you said, they see mom, they see dad, they want mom and dad. And once mom or dad is out of sight, they can see that, oh, there's a kid playing with, oh, I have those magnetiles in my house. Oh, I'm going to go over there and play with them, et cetera. Um, but it's definitely sometimes, especially for the first kid, it definitely is hard on some of the parents just to let go, just to, wow, I, I, I you know, not even, I don't know what I'm doing the next four hours of my day, just like the general sense of, wow, someone else has my kid. <sighs> what does that mean? How do I deal with that? So I think it's very interesting, um, you know, and I felt like Roy didn't really get into it fully. But I felt like there was some underlying that Roy was sort of not loving or, or trepidation or worry about, you know, letting go of Princess Claire for the first time and how it was going to go. Not that it was going to go good for her, but it was going to be hard on him, you know, and what he had going on in many ways. I don't know. He's, he's also the type that he's just going to be like, he's very stoic. He's not going to take any crap if, if you know. <laughs> 
I don't trust that teacher. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's no, totally. gonna, where, where his wife is going to be much calmer and reasonable, I feel. So, um, but it depends too on the kid. Like, you know, if your kid's a monster and just like, and just an energy vampire, sometimes like, it's like, no, I need, I need a break. So go into, <laughs> go into school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I also feel like, I mean, I think, and I may be completely wrong here, but I think Roy puts on a tough exterior and is tough about a lot of things, but I feel like he melts whenever he's around his daughter. That's just the sense I get with, you know, he doesn't talk about her often, but whatever it does, it seems like, you know, there's a snowman in the sun sort of melting a little bit whenever, whenever that occurs. And I think it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not being oh, critical of Roy because of that. I, I think it's a great side no, of him. It is. Um, it's, it's great to know. It's, um, you know, and we've, we've been on pods with him and he is much more jovial and smiling and happy, like happy to be there than you would sort of expect by the persona that he gives off while he's working, which I also understand sometimes, you know, that's how yes. people are when they're, when you work, you, you act a bit different sometimes. So yes, yes. Um, I get it. So now I'm going to go out to, we had a user asked question who sent it in. This is Barrett at Jagsman. He had a lopic idea for us that he wanted to get our thoughts on. When you start a new job, and I preface this knowing Schweitz, you don't currently have one, but when you start a new job, would you or wouldn't you look through the desk you were given to see if there was anything cool, anything gross, any finds in the desk, or would you just sort of go around your day and do what you need to do? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily do it first thing, but I would go through the desk at some point, just typically the jobs I've had. Um, there's usually materials that I need or, you know, manuals or tools. So I just need to know what's around, what's been kept different places. Just so, just to have an idea, like I'm not looking for anything specific. I'm just looking for, you know, I worked in shipping. I'm looking to see how the, the previous shipper left everything, where they, you know, put the labels, where they put this stuff. So I would, I mean, curiosity wise, I would tend to go through it, but uh, it wouldn't be my first thought. What about you? So I'm very much the exact opposite. If I get a new desk or a new file cabinet or a new whatever, I'm going through every ounce of that thing looking for whatever to see. Um, especially if by chance the person who had the desk is still working at the company and was moved or promoted or something else. I just think it's so fascinating to go through a desk. Um, almost kind of like herring back to Greg, Greg Cody and his junk drawer conversations. I feel like you go through a desk, you see, you see, you find a pen, you find, oh, there's a, I don't know, there, there, there's a, there's a peppermint tea bag in here that's from 19, whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel like, I don't know. For, so for me, I am a scavenger. And one of the first thing I would definitely do if I got a new desk, um, or like I said, a filing cabinet or something like that is would be go through it and find whatever, whatever there is to find, whatever nooks and crannies, whatever cool stuff or whatever, like I said, possibly even gross stuff. Have you ever found, have you ever found anything in a, in a desk? Hmm. The most interesting thing I found in a, uh, so on the gross side, I did find an old sandwich in a desk or in a, in a little, like we had these really filing cabinets 
And I had to go to my boss and be like, yeah, you got to get me a new one. Why? Well, there's a sandwich that looks like it was there from uh, from three years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> you might have to burn this filing cabinet. Um, so on a gross end, that would be the grossest thing I've ever found. As far as cool stuff, and maybe a couple of dollars a quarters or something like that. But nothing, nothing that I'm like, oh, you know, any real uh, of interest of anything that that's been cool. I guess I, I think that's almost sort of why I tend to go through it, hoping I'll find something. And then in the end, or whatever, just move on. What about you? Have you ever found anything cool, interesting, gross, et cetera? No, I haven't had the job like every, every time. Like I haven't had a desk like that. It's, it's either been like completely cleaned out when I came in and I knew it was cleaned out or, um, you know, working in shipping or something like you're at like a shipping desk. So you, it's already allocated all of the the spaces. I would say though, I did work, uh, for about nine months at a, uh, at an old age home. And part of our, part of our job on maintenance was, uh, it was a lot of, um, immigrants and they tended to, uh, especially with like fruit and stuff, they tended to, to hoard stuff. Ooh. Um, even when they didn't need to, cause they had access. Um, so they would take a lot of fruit and stuff and stick it in their bedside tables. And so like once a week, we'd have to go through, um, just open up their bedside tables just to make sure they didn't have any moldy food or anything like that. Cause you would, you know, you'd find roaches. So, so that was a gross I, job. I can, I, I would, I would assume there are many stories from that job and we'll cover that in a later podcast, but not today. No, but thank you, Barrett for the question. Um, and I'd be intrigued to hear what you found being a teacher. I'm sure you have found some interesting things in desks, um, you know, from what teachers confiscated from other students. I think that'd be an interesting uh, topic to go down. So shout out to you, Barrett. And thank you. And so for our final topic, I want to talk again, another thing they talked about next week with Greg Cody and how he sort of refuses to upgrade his phone and how he's rolling with an iPhone 6. And further beyond that, seems to have a cracked screen on his 6. And so what are your thoughts, Weiss? I know uh, I know Canada is a little different in the way they do some of the, the phones. I think I think Amin said it well, where we used to get the free phones and that was all exciting. And then we realized, wait a second, can we get something that's actually useful and whatnot? So, so how is it working up in Canada? What do you guys, what do you guys run across or how do you work your stuff? It's a bit tricky. The, as far as the, the models go is, you know, the phones are same phones you get in the States. A lot of the promotions are the same. They're different companies, but they do the same kind of promotions, the same, you know, talk text, that kind of stuff. But so are you a serial phone upgrader? Do you need the latest and greatest every single year? Or are you using your phones till they uh, fall off like Rick Cody? I'm sort of in between. I do not need the newest. But if the battery starts going or something like that, I'll tend to upgrade if I if I have the upgrade. I will say the fact that they've made it really easy to just transfer everything. They just plug it in and just do a you know smart switch. That really makes a big difference. I remember the first time it's like, oh, you have to re-download everything. You have to retransfer every like that was a pain, but now it's pretty pretty easy. So 
I don't mind when it comes up, it comes up. Usually my wife will tell me, let's go upgrade phones. So are you uh, Android or iPhone? I am Android. I ruin the group chat. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we have our uh, our Roy with us this evening. That's right. My wife my wife is an iPhone, so Oh, this is she, she must hate that you're on Android. No, nah, she doesn't care. She doesn't okay. notice. I've t- I've pointed it out before. It's like, do you ever notice that my text bubbles are different colors? She's like, No, I didn't notice. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I am an iPhone guy. Um I love my technology. Um as many of my friends going back will will uh will remember. Um, but I'm the kid who used to back in the day when the U.S. had no real phones, I would actually go to Europe um, and buy the phones there and import them in to, to have the communicator or some of the phones that had more feature-rich phones um, than what you were able to get here for the buck ninety-nine that you know AT&T Verizon was offering you. That said, I don't usually run the upgrade every year because usually, especially at this point, the difference between the 12 and the 13 and the 13 and the 14 is so minuscule that it's just normally not worth it. I tend to upgrade every two years. Um, I just couldn't imagine having a phone as old as Greg Cody and having a cracked screen. For me, the cracked screen would annoy the ever-loving bleep out of me, and I would ha- I would feel like I'd want to upgrade. Matter of fact, I'm surprised Chris hasn't upgraded and said, Dad, I've got an 8, I've got a 10, and and thrown it to him and, and made him upgrade. Um, I, I will say that can be a pain, though, especially if if there is enough difference and there is enough change. My, my wife upgraded her phone and went to give her old phone to her parents, and the learning curve was massive because... Like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I totally understand that. That's actually why I mentioned the eight, because the eight also has the button like the six does versus all the new iPhones that don't have the button. Um, also, as a parent of, of kids in middle school and high school, we tend to upgrade and realize, okay, my phone from two, three, four, five years ago now goes to my kid who's got to take the subway to school or is on a bus to school or is staying late for running practice or play or choir or this or that. And um, in many ways, whereas, you know, 40 years ago, your mom just said, I'll pick up at five (laughs) o'clock. And that was it. (laughs) Now it's like every three seconds, where are you? Are you here? You're here. You're here. You're here. So that's the thing that I, I feel like happens as a parent. I upgrade. And my old one goes to my kid, which replaces the previous old one that was old when they got it. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I know Cody's lazy. I know Cody is cheap. I was just surprised to hear that he was cool with a cracked phone. I figured that would just bother him to no end. And like I said, even just say, Chris, give me your he phone. Probably, he probably doesn't use his phone that much. Like, yes, maybe it would, it would bother me a lot more if I, you know, if he used it as much as I do, it would bother him. If he's hey. if he's if he's literally just using it for like one or two things, like whatever, I get that too. <laughs> nah, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just being, you know, I am old man, but I'm not Greg Cody old man. So so maybe you're right. Maybe it is just as simple as you know. 
I just would think someone like Cody would use his phone as a phone a lot more than the rest of us use our phone to do all the other crap we do. Um, and that staring at that would just bother me. But you may be right. I may be overthinking it. I'm, I'm not saying he's he's correct in his analysis. I'm just saying, you know, he's that lazy. No, no, you might be right. And I may be overestimating, you know, my carence of not having a cracked screen probably outweighs whatever annoyance Greg has compared to, oh, you want X hundred dollars from me? Now I'll keep this one. That's that's just just fine for me. And so we're going to end it here. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's Midweek Matches. Schweitz, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Schweitz underscore AY. Awesome. And again, I'm Ant in Brooklyn at Styano, S-T-A-I-A-N-O on Twitter. For all your uh, shopping needs, please check out shop.lowerafterhours.com. Cincinnati Lou makes some great shirts, hats, and all whatever type of stuff, chancletas, etc. Fanny packs, it's all there. And listen to our other podcasts. As always, we have Post Post Game, we have Left at a Club, and we have Cinema. And then every so often, we do interview people. Like I just said, we interviewed Alex and Christian, the Soccer Cooligans. They were awesome. Definitely go check that out on our YouTube channel as well as our podcast feeds. And thank you very much and have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.